A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Circe Podcast Network. I'm Joshua Gibbs, and this is Proverbial, the podcast where we explore the wisdom of the ages as it comes to us in Proverbs, by which I mean wise sayings a man may live by if he's not so arrogant as to think himself special. Episode 39, Heaven Can Wait. Today's proverb is unattributed. I'll read it twice. Youth is wasted on the young. Once more, youth is wasted on the young. I'll begin by saying that I don't believe this proverb is a complaint against young people. I don't think it's a judgment against them, a condemnation. I don't know that there's any other way for youth to pass, apart from a kind of wastefulness. So when I hear this proverb and I consider all the circumstances in which I've heard it said, it's just not synonymous with the bitter old man's hatred of the young. This proverb doesn't mean you kids get off my lawn. I think there's something else beneath the surface uh, of the proverb, which is more about adulthood than it is about young people. This is a short proverb, only a few significant terms. Youth is wasted on the young. So we've got youth and wasted and young to deal with, as well as the whole quote and and the upshot of it and, and who often says this. The first term that I want to deal with in this quote is the young. Youth is wasted on the young. And I don't believe that the quote is tautological. It doesn't mean the youth are young. It's a claim about the nature of youth. But who are the young? I would point out that when we say this, when anyone says this, they're almost never talking about little children. Now, when we say youth is wasted on the young, we're talking only about a very certain kind of young person. So, 
I, I very much doubt that anyone has ever observed little children, like five or six or seven or eight, uh, playing a game of catch on the lawn and said, youth is wasted on the young. I doubt, every, uh, I doubt that anyone has ever seen a child uh, with a coloring book and a big mess of crayons out happily going at, uh, you know, some image of a, some black and white image of a flower with a thousand petals and the child's kind of carefully filling in each petal a different color. I doubt anyone's ever seen that child and said, youth is wasted on the young. We say youth is wasted on the young only when the young have reached a certain age. So the young are not anyone under the age of 27. You have to reach a certain point before the possibility of wastefulness can enter the picture. I would say that that age is probably uh, 13 or 14, that by the age of 13 or 14, we expect something of people. And if they're not capitalizing on our ambitions for them, we say they're wasting their time. But we tend to not see youth is wasted on the young when observing little children at play. That sort of play seems a perfectly viable use of youth. By the age of 13 or 14, though, I'd say... 13 or 14 is the bare minimum age at which point we begin thinking of the wastefulness of youth. And I would say youth is wasted on the young. The young begins bare minimum 13 or 14 and probably extends up to the age of 26 or 27. And I've argued this on other shows before, but I believe that purely from observing the course of, of modern life, that there is a kind of fundamental change that takes place around the age of 26 or 27 that firmly puts youth behind you. By the age of 27, I mean, in addition to a number of kind of social changes that are, that are taking place um, in terms of um, career, responsibility, and so forth, by the age of 27, you have some sort of condition, some kind of physical condition, health condition, that is alarming, that will be with you to some extent to the rest of your life. By the age of 27, I think most people have been diagnosed with some kind of ailment that they're going to have to nurse and watch and tend to. And that has a way of beginning to put the excesses of youth behind you. I think by 27, a lot of people have rediscovered their parents. At the age of 27, you've entered into a, a phase of life where stability is more intriguing to you than excitement, and that excitement is viewed as costly, dangerous. And by 27, you have the first you should have experienced by the age of 27, you know, some kind of longing for permanent things as opposed to thrilling things, which are very rarely the same. Very little that's stable is thrilling. Very little that's thrilling is stable. 
But your body has begun to reveal its final end to you by 27. The first hints of it, the prophecies of the end, have begun to emerge in your bones and your guts. So when we talk about the young, youth is wasted on the young, I would say we're talking probably 13 or 14 bare minimum up to the age of 27. And that's this, um, this maybe 14-year range this 14-year range where anyone in that uh, passage of life might be told youth is wasted on the young. Or people in that range often inspire older people to say youth is wasted on the young. Now, what is youth? If youth is not just an age, but that youth is a quality of life, what is youth? When the person who's 50 looks at the person who's 20 and sighs, youth is wasted on the young. What are they referring to? Well, I mean, the most easy and ready answer to that question is that youth is vitality, energy, resilience, health, physical resilience. The sort of uh, verve and um, vivacity that allows you to stay up all night on occasion. When the elderly look at the young and say youth is wasted on the young, sure, it's that kind of just physical power that they're referring to. But that's not all. That's not the only thing that we say gives youth its power. It's not just physical ability. There's also a kind of fearlessness that attends youth. Young people are not afraid to die. They don't think about death often, at very least. Young people also tend to be very idealistic. And this is because they have almost no respect for money. Uh, as Aristotle says in his rhetoric, uh, the young have no idea how hard it is to acquire money, how easy it is to lose it which means that they're often overly idealistic. Their idealism is also based on the fact that they just haven't been wronged deeply by many people, and so they tend to think more highly of human beings. They have this sunnier assessment of human nature. They judge other people by their intentions. They assume the good intentions of others, and they think that human nature is generally dependable in terms of doing the right thing and sorting itself out. Um... On the other hand, Aristotle says that the elderly care too much about money. They only have records of wrongs, and so they think too low of humanity. For Aristotle, I believe I've mentioned this on the show before, 49 is the ideal age. 49 is the kind of uh, intellectual, spiritual apex of a man's life. 49 is this perfect calibration uh, between the delusions of youth and old age. But at 49, a man appreciates the value of money, but also understands the limitations of money. Um, he understands what it's reasonable to ask of his friends. He asks uh, his friends be of value to them without you know, commodifying them. A man is at his most um, productive at the age of 49. He has enough responsibilities um, to keep him stable but he has had enough success in maintaining his responsibilities that he can let loose 
um, a little bit. And so for Aristotle, 49 is this kind of perfect age between delusions of youth and the delusions of old age. And then it's a slow trudge up to 49 and a, and a kind of slow corruption thereafter. Um, but youth, so youth can refer to a kind of vitality, power, health, um, and just sheer physical resilience that, that young people get sick uh, like old people do, but they always bounce back much more quickly than we think they're going to. Um, kids' bones heal uh, at a rather remarkable pace. But there's also this kind of capacity that the young have to commit themselves to ideas and beliefs, which is wholehearted. And older people do not have this ability like the young do. So, and again, this is, this is maybe like 14, 15, 16, 17. The things that you love at 16 will have a deeper and more profound impact on you than the things you love at the age of 37. When we're 37, we love mildly. We love um, with some kind of reserve. And I don't mean, uh, you know, we love selfishly. Um, we save something for the swim back. Uh, I mean that by 37, your energy has begun to decline. You have witnessed enough corruption in the world. You have seen the limited value of ideas. By 37, your ideas have been tested. This is the reason why young people think they're always right, according to Aristotle. Your ideas haven't been tested. By the age of 37, life itself has put all of your beliefs and creeds to the test, and you've seen enough to know that your beliefs have a limited value. Your beliefs are not going to make your life easy. They're going to make it easier, but there's no belief that can keep you from pain and suffering. And given the limitations of the human soul, there's no idea you can believe deeply enough that you don't sometimes stray from it. And you're not tempted to other beliefs that other people have that seem effective and helpful as well. But when you're young, you don't have that. You're able to give yourself over to your loves in a way that older people can't. And so the things that you love in your youth affect you far more deeply. And I think that this is often what old people mean. This is often what adults, this is what people at 49 mean when they reflect on youth being wasted on the young, that so many young people commit their affections and their loves to such trivial things. And then that is deeply vexing to the elderly or just to the adults. And I, I, you know, I think of this often enough in my classes when I see the things that my students care about so much. They have this sort of tepid approach to classic literature. What they love is soccer. That's, that's what they care about the most deeply. They care about sports. They care about soccer. They care about basketball. They even care about their friends in a way that cannot be sustained over the course of a lifetime. Your friends mean more to you at the age of 17 than your friends ever will for the rest of your life. And friendships deepen. I'm not suggesting that all friendships at the age of you know, 40 or 50 are shallow. No. 
But at the age of 40 or 50, your friendships don't mean the same thing to you. Because by 40 or 50, you've accepted the permanence of family relations and the ephemerality of friendships. By the time you're 40 or 50, you've lost touch with most of your friends. And you know that family connections are resilient. They keep coming back. But when you're 17, you think your friendships are going to last forever. And so you commit everything to your friends whom you think you will, you know, not only spend eternity with, but you believe you're going to spend your whole life on earth with. And children are often delusional on this front. They observe the friendships of their parents and they say, well, my friends don't have parents, don't have friends like I do. And it seems very shallow that your parents don't love their friends the way that you love yours, the way that you die for your friends, the way that it, it kills you to not be with them and to miss out on the things that your friends are experiencing. Whereas adults are able to do this rather easily. Yes, as a party, I'm not going. It's not a big deal. It's murder when you're 16. But adults observe the intensity of teenage loves, but they also observe the pettiness of things that teenagers love. And they're like, oh, if only you cared about good things as much as you care about the petty things that you're obsessed with right now. So not only is it not only is it that youth is wasted on the young, not only is power and health wasted on the young, it's your profound ability to love that's wasted on you as well. If only you loved the Old Testament as much as you loved Top 40. If only you committed yourself to the book of Ecclesiastes the way that you commit yourself to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And you wonder at what kind of person could be produced if a teenager had adult sensibilities. What if you started adulthood so young? What kind of person would be the would be the result of all of this? Youth is wasted on the young. As opposed to wasted, though. I'm not going to quibble with the quote, but I am going to interpret this word, wasted. I think maybe I hear the word wasted, but I think lavished. Youth is lavished on the young. There's a surplus of power, sheer ability, physical forcefulness, and spiritual forcefulness in youth, which is just unnecessary. It's not necessary for survival. You can make do with less power and less commitment than teenagers have. And as opposed to saying that the surplus is bad, I'm going to say that it's good. That it's not an accident of creation. It's not, um, it's not a mistake on God's part that youth is capable, or youth makes a man capable of this, that the young are this way. It is by design that God wants power and love, sheer energy. He wants it abundantly bestowed on the young. It's tempting for the adult to say that if he had his youth back, he would do it differently. And it's tempting for the older person, you know, the man of 45 or 50, to look at the young, to look at the things that people in their 20s care so deeply about. Sports, hiking, beer. 
Missy, well, if I had just a fraction of your strength back, I would put it to good use. I don't believe that's true. I think that's easy to say. I think it's easy for the 45 or 50-year-old man to say, oh, if I only had my health back. If I had your health, I would use it so much better than you. No, you wouldn't. Because part of adulthood is recognizing the wastefulness of youth, recognizing the lavish power, strength, health, force of love of youth, and learning to edit your own feelings, becoming the curator of your own feelings. Part of adulthood, adulthood is the scar tissue of youth. And so unless you're capable of recognizing your own wastefulness, you're not capable of becoming an adult. Everyone must have regrets by the age of 30. And, th and that's not meant to be like license to go out and squander your health and your virtue on fast living. But if you don't have regrets by your 30s, you're not paying attention. So the wastefulness of youth on the young is not, I guess it's not perfectly evenly spaced. It's not like everyone uh, wastes their youth the same way. Some people certainly get far better usage out of their youth. But it is a bit of a, at the same time, it's a bit of a sliding scale. That no matter how well you used your youth, it should strike you as having been poorly used. Otherwise, you're not learning anything. Like, no matter how well you spent your youth, if you don't have some things you'd do differently, you're not paying attention. You're exonerating yourself, you're treating yourself uh, too liberally, too gently. You're um, reviewing your life with, with too much lenience. So this is, I mean, this is how I spent, this is how I spent my 30s, reviewing my 20s. <laughs> Probably spend my 40s reviewing my 30s. And there's a sense of regret and melancholy over how I've spent my life, which simply is the wisdom of not being old, but of being older than I used to be. Youth is wasted on the young, but there's simply no other way. If we cannot recognize something wasteful about the way we've spent our life, we've not left youth behind. The humility which comes from regret is simply the price of admission into adulthood. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.